0: Hey, boxes are all packed, and the kids are in bed. We're nearly ready to move, so, uh...
1: You think you got one more in ya?
0: <sighs> yeah, I'm pretty tired. We've kept this pace up for years, but yeah, I've got a bit left in the tank.
1: So for one last time... You wanna... Talk about comics?
0: Yes! I'm Christina Edelman. And I'm Chris Edelman. And this is Chris's On Infinite Earths.
1: The podcast where nothing will ever be the same.
0: Welcome, readers, to the final Chris's episode, where we cover the final section of Final Crisis.
1: Uh, I just started a drinking game. Unfortunately, I linked my drinks to the word final, and I don't think it's going to go well for me.
0: Now, finally... We're getting some games on this podcast. Just in time for the final episode.
1: <laughs> New bits,
0: just in time for the finale. <laughs> now, does finale count as final for the purposes of this yeah, game? Yeah, I
1: think it does. Mm. I'm, I'm going to- So, it's readers, grab
0: your your cups of water.
1: Yeah, we all got to stay hydrated. It's a hot summer. hmm It's a hot one. <laughs>
0: how, how many- Like,
1: on a scale of one to seven-
0: how many inches Every are inches we from, from the, the midday from sun? The sun.
1: <laughs> I love that song. But the midday sun is not any hotter than the nighttime sun.
0: Right. If you were seven, seven inches, inches from it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I don't know what else you'd say in there.
0: I mean, it worked. It worked. It worked.
1: So, Chrissy, this is the last one.
0: It is. It's kind of surreal to look back on it's like our baby is graduating it's going on to become an archive <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, this would this would be close to like a like a kindergarten graduation
0: Kindergarten graduation oh just in terms of like
1: yeah if this age. was a, if this was a child
0: oh this yeah
1: we' yeah. about to hit five years right
0: right huh. but if, I mean if we're like saying that this is like schooling. Maybe they're going, maybe the podcast is going on to middle school.
1: Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah.
0: It's going to get its own phone (laughs) um, and be really moody. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: If it was the nineties, they would go, they would go to the mall and do the collect call thing. Yes. Yeah. The collect call thing. Mom, pick me up. Yep. Hello. Would you like to receive a collect call from
0: mom? Pick me up.
1: (laughs) That's perfect. <laughs> anyway, we got a kofi right, yeah. right, right under the right under the wire here from uh, Connor Mulvaney. Thank you, Connor.
0: Thank you, Connor. For
1: your for your kofi, we will uh, we will use those funds for lots of coffee on the drive of, of cr- our mid continent journey.
0: <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. I, I think we're gonna probably spend more than that on coffee <laughs> <laughs> getting across the country you're gonna do it do it do it
1: i'm gonna do it in like three days
0: yep yep i'm gonna take my time yep not me
1: and for readers who wonder why we're not traveling together i have to get to a job a lot sooner than she
0: does also we have two cars we, we are an american family two cars american family real american family we
1: order our steaks medium rare and our cars and twos now they are both subcompacts so you know if we were like real american we'd have like an suv but oh all right well we still have some final crisis there's still just a little bit of crisis left
0: Mm -hmm. and the crisis can't stop while there's crisis to be covered no
1: there are more after this but we're 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 calling a hard limit
0: can't stop while there's crisis one, is worth the of coverage
1: in the summer of 2022 one just started
0: we can stop <laughs> we whenever can. we want to let's <laughs> right, hit that summary summary.
1: Last time I'll ever have to say this, Eddie Berganza was involved on editing some of this. Um, I just don't want to mention his name more than once. Uh, you can look him up if you'd like. We've mentioned what he's done on previous episodes. Batman, number 682 and 683, written by Grant Morrison, penciled by Lee Garbett, inked by Trevor Scott, colored by Guy Major, lettered by Jared K. Fletcher, and edited by Mike Marks and Janelle Asellen
0: Issue 682. Okay, this can be a pretty quick summary because the issue itself is almost a summary.
1: Alfred reviews Batman's career all the way from the beginning to taking on Dick Grayson as Robin, and eventually Dick leaving and becoming Nightwing.
0: However, Batman realizes that Alfred isn't actually Alfred.
1: Back in the Commandee bunker, Batman is in a tank having his mind goofed with by The Lump, a creature with tremendous psychic ability, who is processing Batman's memories to be taken by Simeon and Makari to create a perfect army of Batman-esque soldiers. After this, they plan on killing Batman.
0: Issue 683. To try to distract him, the lump psychically presents Batman with a life in which his parents didn't die. However, Batman sees through this and cycles even more quickly through his memories. Jason Todd's death... Bane breaking his back, the earthquake in Gotham, etc. This amount
1: of trauma is too much for the clone army to take, and they each try to kill themselves. Makari and Simeon freak out and try to kill the lump, and Batman explains to the lump that he needs to help Batman, or the two of them will die. The lump rises up in the real world and tries to attack the mad scientists, but instead perishes.
0: In the dream world, Batman eventually catches up to the recent Dr. Hurt's curse of... The next time you put on that costume will be the last, before heading out to investigate the death of Orion, thus putting us up to date.
1: Batman awakens in Command D, with Macari and Simeon having fled, ready to confront Darkseid.
0: Final Crisis, Issue 6, written by Grant Morrison, penciled by J.G. Jones, Carlos Pacheco, Doug Monkey, Marco Rudy, Christian Alamy, and Jesus Marino, inked by Marco Rudy colored by Alex Sinclair and Pete Pentazes, lettered by Rob Clark Jr. Suddenly,
1: Superman is in the 31st century with his Legion pal, Brainiac 5, who shows him a machine that can basically grant wishes. However, Superman starts fading to the present, and Brainy tells him to memorize the machine.
0: The JLA watchtower in space is suddenly beset by justifiers and spaceships as Black Canary makes the Tattooed Man a member of the League. She also tells Ray to escape to bring Metron's circuit back to Earth. Tattooed Man is found to be immune to the helmets, Duh. But as Black Canary turns off the station's gravity, some strange red stuff starts appearing around the Earth. Back in
1: Bloodhaven, Captain Marvel Jr. manages to grab Mary and yell Shazam, turning her back and freeing her from Desad's control. Meanwhile, Talky Tawny disembowels Kalabek and becomes King of the Tiger People.
0: At Checkmate's base, Shiloh Norman explains that the symbol on everyone's face means freedom from restriction. Elsewhere in the castle, Khalid explains to Renee Montoya that they have a plan called the Omega Offensive to flee to another Earth, and that he wants her to be the head of the Global Peace Agency.
1: Back with the villains, Dr. Sivana explains to Luther that he's ready to betray Libra as they converted his own daughter. Luther, who has charged his battle suit, blasts a hole in Libra and says that despite its ups and downs, he enjoys life.
0: The flash is all neat, and Barry says he knows how to stop Darkseid, which is, by leading the Black racer to him. It's time to run! Fast,
1: Batman appears before Darkseid, taunting the god by claiming his fight with Orion damaged Darkseid more than expected. Batman reveals a gun with a radion bullet, the same one that shot Orion, and it's a shootout as Batman blasts Darkseid with the bullet as Darkseid fires the Omega Sanction, which hits Batman.
0: Things are getting wild as Nyx Uotan tries to coordinate what's going on as Metron explains that side isn't the scariest thing in play. The Green Lanterns approaching Earth are losing charge on their power rings, and the combatants on the ground are worried all is lost as the sky turns red.
1: But at the pivotal moment, who arrives to rip into the forces of evil but Superman, carrying the charred, lifeless body of Batman?
0: final crisis issue seven written by grant morrison penciled by doug monkey inked by doug monkey tom nguyen drew garachi christian alamy norm Rapmond, rodney ramos and walden wong colored by alex sinclair tony Avigna, and pete pantazes lettered by travis langham Edited by Adam Schlagman.
1: The Question, along with Captain Marvel from Earth-5, used the Ultima Thule to recruit Superman from across the multiverse for an epic mission. This is a little bit in media res.
0: Superman faces off with Darkseid as the anti-life-infected people tackle the hero. Superman figures out that Darkseid is in Dan Turpin's body, and thus... He can't strike. The Anti-Life people fire the Omega Sanction as Darkseid fires the Radeon bullet that kills Orion back in time.
1: Suddenly, the Flashes arrive with the Black Racer in tow, outracing the Sanctions. The Black Racer, however, grabs Darkseid's soul, leaving Turpin back in his own body.
0: The Justifiers break into Checkmate's castle, but the Atoms have figured out how to make a tunnel to another world. However, even that tunnel is breaking down, and Mr. Miracle's mother box makes a boom tube to transport everyone to Earth-51.
1: After Darkseid flees Turpin, the rest of the Justifiers, who are all still Darkseid, attempt to attack Superman and Turpin. However, Savannah and Luther fight against them. Wonder Woman is freed from anti-life and uses her lasso of truth to purge Darkseid from everyone else.
0: The only thing that seems to exist of Earth is the new JLA Watchtower floating around after Darkseid dragged the rest into an evil singularity.
1: Aboard said Watchtower, Wonder Woman and Supergirl shrink down and cryo-freeze the survivors as Superman and others construct the miracle machine that Brainiac 5 told him about last issue.
0: The last vibrational essence of Darkseid taunts Superman, and Superman retaliates with a counter-note, which finally destroys the evil god.
1: Superman discovers Metron's Mobius chair, which contains the raw power of creation known as Element X. This is the final piece of the puzzle. However, who else shows up but Mandrak to taunt Superman that he has nothing left to power the Miracle Machine with?
0: But Superman is a solar battery, and gives up every bit of his energy to power the Miracle Machine.
1: The cavalry truly arrives as Nick's Uotan along with the Multiversal Superman, the Zoo Crew, the Super Young Team, the Green Lantern Corps, and the armies of the Pax Day Angels arrive. The Green Lanterns make a stake to destroy Mandrak, and thus evil is vanquished.
0: The world is restored, and the monitors repair the orrery, restoring life to Earth-51. Nyx Uotun reveals to the monitors that he is erasing them, as their existence is detrimental to the multiverse. They start to fade as Nix reunites with Ouija Del, only to wake up as a human being back on Earth.
1: In the past, Anthro, now an old man, passes away after delivering fire and stories to the human race. However... A figure lays a utility belt on his body before drawing a bat symbol on the wall of the cave. All right, Christy, what are your thoughts on the final, the final, final crisis?
0: You know, this is probably the most comic booky solution to a problem that I think we've read. And by comic booky, I mean so many complicated things happened that I think even if I understood the ways in which they were complicated, I still wouldn't understand them. I just know that they fixed it.
1: Yeah, this is a little bit like. Do you remember any way that the doctor from Doctor Who solved a problem? No, no, because he it would he'd be just like, well, of course I've got the woobity boop dupe, Wibbly wobbly time yeah and you would be like, yeah, cool. That is a little bit how Final Crisis is. However, it it doesn't it it's all, it's all like completely out there, right? But it's not like weirdly, I feel like it doesn't seem like the story is cheapened it doesn't feel like a deus ex machina per se to me
0: because we we have dark side correct and they stop dark side but then they also have Mandrak and yeah. the monitors
1: yes well the mo- the monitors are basically like they've just screwed up for too long they're not doing anything they're not antagonists really it's just like
0: i thought they were like vampires
1: yes, and they are detrimental to the multiverse. <laughs> I wouldn't call them the enemies of this story, necessarily, though.
0: Right. But like institutionally, they're pretty... Yeah. But, and that's just solved
1: by Nixie who is now the judge of all evil, just going, okay, bye.
0: <laughs> yeah, this isn't working
1: out. I did, like... I, I, we're, we are zooming to the very end, but I did, like, when he meets Dell, the mm-hmm. panels start to, like, disintegrate as mm-hmm. they go down. That was very clever. Gosh.
0: We had so many people on this creative team. Yeah. So for these issues.
1: D- discounting the Batman issues, which is like a very normal amount of creative teams. I right? think it was like one of one for everybody. This was like a, a big example of the, like we ran out of time at the end of the crossover.
0: Right. I'm just like, how much art did each of these creators like actually do? Did- I can
1: definitely recognize JG Jones and Doug Monkey's art. Like, mm-hmm. cause Doug Monkey also did, um, uh superman beyond and he has this very specific like way of these like very like like kind of rigid faces Yeah,
0: it just makes me wonder if like somebody did like rough sketches for everything and then other people went in and like
1: it is very possible yeah
0: that to me is just really interesting to think about with the process like Um, when you think about that many people working on something
1: it used to happen a lot like layouts by somebody and then like the actual pencils by somebody else it happened a lot on 52 which was that like once one a week project mm. someone would like go crazy and then a bunch of other people would draw it the the bits
0: i don't feel like the art to me was distinctive enough for it to like throw me or not feel cohesive mm. i don't know is it
1: Jones and monkey are different but they are you know they're not like I feel like it, like Marvel, at like in like twenty fourteen, decided to like welcome a lot more different art styles, and that's that's retracted a little bit because I feel like now everybody's being like Pepe right. Larraz and Pepe Larraz light. That's not literally true, but <laughs> um, but look, there was a lot of different stuff. Like you remember Javier Rodriguez? He mm-hmm. he drew your favorite round of yes. all time. He is very unique, and like it is so easy to tell him apart.
0: And it's great, it's and wonderful. Yeah, you love but, it. Yeah, the, the, this the is style a little house not, styley. Yeah, I,
1: again, I like JG Jones a lot. I like Doug Monkey a lot. And while I think they are distinct, they are they are superheroey.
0: Right. I feel like when you do a big event like this, and there, you know that there's a possibility of collaborating with other people on art in a way that you typically wouldn't. Like, of course, that's you want to aim for a, the the house style. Yeah. I always. Every time we see say house style, I always think of like the house dressing that you get on a a salad. Yeah, it's
1: the same thing. It's DC's house dressing on top of a script of comics. (laughs) Right?
0: Yeah. You know, just toss that, and there you go. There you go. You got
1: you got a crossover. Mm -hmm. You put your pimentos in, Mm
0: -hmm. and you know as much Parmesan cheese as they want. (laughs) What
1: what is the Parmesan cheese of uh, of,
0: podcasters?
1: (laughs) Say when. Say say when. Say when. Oh my God, say when.
0: (laughs) Keep it coming. Keep it coming.
1: It's a mountain of (laughs) podcasting. What did you think of the Batman issues? I think they read a little bit better if you've been reading the Batman run, which I was at the time.
0: Mm. See, it was... I mean, the entire thing felt, I think, the way that the creative team intended, which was... Like you were in Batman's weird, just disjointed memories and all of that. So you got that, you got that sense. In terms of how that all related into the crossover, like the event, I felt like it didn't necessarily, like it it was. And I, I love character stories. So this is basically like a character story that says that man has been through so much and that's his superpower. He's yeah, the only one that can handle it. He has like s- it. super,
1: super resilience to trauma or something.
0: Right. But can I just say spending your fortune on vigilante equipment and uh, spending your evenings fighting crime in uh leotard maybe isn't handling it? Like... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: sure. Next <laughs> next you're gonna be like, hey Chris, what if Batman used all his money on funding no, social programs? No,
0: what if Batman used all of his money on therapy? <laughs> see, I see that one too. <laughs> I always
1: see therapy and social programs. And I'm like, there, there won't be a comic book
0: <laughs> Well see the funny thing is like you know, you they created Batman, and then, you know, you just created trauma for Batman. And Batman's yeah. been around so long, he just has so, so much, much collective trauma. trauma.
1: It, so one thing I love about Grant Morrison is Grant Morrison does not care that Crisis on Infinite Earths happened. Grant Morrison will write whatever they want. Some of that was Golden Age stuff. But Grant <laughs> Morrison's whole deal is everything happened. Sure. So, there's, like, in this Batman run, which is, like, my favorite Batman run. Grant was writing Batman and Final Crisis at the same time. hmm oof, oof, the good stuff. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of callbacks to things that weren't, like, official.
0: Oh, yeah. Or,
1: like, this was maybe out of continuity. And Grant's like, let's, uh, bring that right back in. <laughs> so, a lot of it's, like, stuff like that, which is kind of fun. I do like that, to some extent, the lump seemed to... Seem to almost take in too much of alfred and then almost like became alfred yeah like like had the, to sort of
0: the lump to me is a wild concept the lump
1: is a jack kirby thing and it's just a weird psychic weird psychic monster that
0: like i just want to know its origins
1: that they made it in apocalypse or whatever
0: I, i'm just like if i sit on my couch long enough do, do you, i you get become the lump yeah do i get superpowers well
1: i've heard that lump sat alone in a boggy marsh and was totally emotionless except for her heart
0: i know this is a song i it can't remember the song
1: lump said alone. no okay
0: oh i wanted you to keep going oh no <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not weird
1: owl made a parody of it called gump about forrest gump oh ideal frankly mm. uh, i think it's better than the original <laughs> no offense to the uh, band the presidents of the united states of america
0: yeah, I don't think I've heard that song.
1: Okay, we'll we'll listen after the podcast. It's very short, but it's I like it. I don't like you. Don't have to read it if you don't want to. Although you won't know how Batman escapes. It so does feel like I guess Batman escapes.
0: I kind of forgot that Batman was captured. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, it was it was in like the first episode. It was like in, in like issue two or something. Maybe right. even issue one. So it was, right. it's been a bit.
0: I was getting it confused with the last. Event that we read where Batman was also captured.
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that was DC 1 million, which was also by Grant Morrison. Grant just loves when Batman gets captured. How do you feel, Christy, about uh, Batman using a gun?
0: <gasps> well, you know, it was against Darkseid. So yeah. I feel like that's really different than petty criminals in Gotham. Yeah. So it was the only weapon that worked.
1: It's and true.
0: and you know firing it didn't even actually like kill Darkseid. That kind of winged him. <laughs> right? Like I don't and it was like Wonder Woman who like finished him off with the lasso. It was
1: Superman who finished him off.
0: Okay. Wonder the... Woman had to do the stuff with the lasso and then Superman had to There was
1: like there was like a tiny amount of essence of Darkseid and it started taunting him about the miracle machine. That's right. And then he did he does a song because there's like a little note that comes from the the, uh, the, the balloon, because to get rid of a vibration, you have to counter it with, with its, a good vibration. With
0: it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's what he did? He just started singing the beach boys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and
1: Darkseid's like, no, <laughs> but he just kind of saying something that was supposed to be like the counter vibration. Some people hated that. They thought it was so stupid. And I'm like,
0: if... I sang, I sang him out of existence.
1: That's awesome.
0: <laughs> what did you it's want to the do? The most squirrel girl answer. <laughs> well, it's
1: it's like there are there are times where Grant Morrison writes comics almost like fairy tales, and I feel like the end of this is kind of fairy tale
0: esque. That's what I mean by comic booky. Like yeah. it just, it's not like a comic book end isn't necessarily like an easy fix. It's a fantastical fix that. No one could explain because it's not realistic. It's not a reality that, I mean, it's an answer to a problem that wouldn't occur in reality. So, of course, (gasps) the answer has to be unrealistic as well.
1: Which is, I think, when it drives me crazy that the answer in superhero comics is just punching even harder. Right. Now, it's fine in Spider-Man because a lot of times it's the the struggle is him, like, it's, it's a lot in his head and he's trying to overcome a thing.
0: It's man versus self.
1: Yeah, and but even though it's punching, there's a lot of that. But like in the Fantastic Four, I better get something bizarre, right? Granted, there was one time where the thing was fighting Doctor Doom, like just hand to hand, and crushed his hands, and uh, that was cool. I will give him that.
0: But like, what's the point of having Reed Richards in a comic book if, if he can't not beep- boop, be- yeah. if he can't
1: boops and beeps, mm-hmm.
0: or yeah. do something really weird with his body? Yep, or his teeth. <laughs> Gosh. Have you seen the teeth stretching?
1: Yeah, I think I think we should draw a Reed Richards looking grosser.
0: Grosser than what? He's already gross.
1: <laughs> yeah, but not like he could be grosser. Okay. Like, what if part of his face moved, but not the whole thing? <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, um, final, final crisis. <laughs> so it is. It is the the problem is solved by the miracle machine. Which you can use to make a wish, and Superman wishes for a happy ending, mm-hmm. and so that's the whole deal—is that we get a happy ending, and which means that basically everything is restored to before Dark Side.
0: Yep. When you wish <laughs> upon a miracle machine.
1: <laughs> that was good.
0: Uh, I just
1: I love Final Crisis. I love it so. Uh, it is exactly what I want from comic books, like. When I read a comic book that's not weird, I, all I can think of was, "Can we get like half as weird as Final Crisis?" I just, I just love it. The angels come. Those angels hadn't been in comics for a little while, as far as I knew. One of those angels was a member of the Justice League in the nineties. It was a literal god angel. Like they decided to make like like the angels of Bible God. <laughs> I need to make a uh, comic called "The Angels of Bible God." <laughs>
0: Uh, that's the that's the next podcast the angels of bible (laughs) again okay a really diverse readership for that one
1: i'm saint michael the a** kicker (laughs) oh no
0: this is a family-friendly show oh i forgot sorry i've got to bleep (laughs) that you have to bleep that what have i done it's our last one! We've done this how many times? Oh
1: my gosh, I can't believe I got us I, I got us the R rating on the last episode. You get one swear, it's okay.
0: That's okay. Yeah, Guests have done it, but but you? I've never done you? it. You? I've
1: never done it. I've been so good. <sighs>
0: it's the first and the last time for everything.
1: That's true. And reminder, you have read the sequel to Final Crisis, or at least part of it, which was the, the one with the monkey. Because the monkey was the guy who told him about the
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: And then Nix Uotan is the main character as like the human guy who is now the super judge. Mm. He's a judge of all evil now.
0: Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel like reading Grant Morrison is listening is like listening to really smart people have a conversation about a niche topic that you don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. Like you appreciate that some deep thought is happening. But you also do not feel obligated to comprehend it.
1: Oh, so what? if I told you that before Grant Morrison wrote comics, Grant Morrison was a comic critic, would that make sense to you?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So uh, what's funny is um, Grant Morrison has, has a newsletter currently, and they uh, answer a lot of questions. Uh, someone had asked if they'd heard of the work of our friend Ritesh Babu, and mm-hmm. uh, Grant Morrison had it and enjoys it quite a bit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Grant Morrison doesn't read comics anymore, Christy. Do you know what Grant Morrison reads?
0: Comics
1: criticism? Just like the character from Metropolitan. Oh
0: my gosh.
1: <laughs> the I got, a pan- well, I got a mini panic attack because Grant Morrison had said that they hadn't read Hoxpox, but they enjoyed a lot of the commentary on it.
0: Oh yeah, they read your book.
1: It's not a book yet. <laughs> but, but yeah.
0: Maybe. I don't know. I, we have we have a copy of the book.
1: We do have a co- we've a prototype of the book. But yeah, there was there was a there was a distinct fear reading that the Grant Morrison and Red Hawks Fox talks, but maybe not.
0: Why would you be afraid?
1: I don't know. You don't want to disappoint a picture.
0: But they said that they enjoyed it.
1: True. True. So I guess if they if they if they read it it means they enjoyed it.
0: Right. I don't know though
1: scary. Do you have any other thoughts on Final Crisis? We have a lot of questions because we ask people about Final Crisis questions and also just general questions.
0: Final Crisis did a lot of fun things. Uh, It did things I didn't understand, which isn't, you know, unusual. Um, There were some character beats that I really liked. I still love more character beats, but that's really hard to do in a big event Mm -hmm. where you have lots of characters. Um, And you know, our our trinity kind of being the the ones to ultimately solve all of this. While I don't know, I guess they had some character development, but their characters are already developed. <laughs> I felt like Wonder Woman wasn't was hardly not.
1: Yeah, Wonder not Woman not
0: in the this event. Not to, just to come a back at the end to.
1: She was gonna have her
0: lasso. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know. It's got its pros, it's got its cons, it's still an event comic, it still does a lot of the things that, you know, crossover event comics that, that bug me about them, but for what it was, it was good.
1: You know, that's about as good as I could have hoped. You know, I never expected really any of these to blow your mind, and I don't know if any of them have. And that's, pro- that's
0: probably fine. Can yeah, I- my favorite comic was never going to be a crossover event comic. It's true. But I learned a lot about comics along the way.
1: The real event, the real crossover was the crossover between you and me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we ready to get into some Twitter questions.
1: We have a bunch. Let's do it. The first one comes from at Play Comics Cast who asks, Is this the end of your podcasting journey forever?
0: No. I don't that that it's an ellipse.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm giving it a firm maybe. Uh
0: I, I feel like there are other projects in the works for us. Will we ever sit down and have the two of us talk about comics in a podcast again? Well that
1: probably people will probably want to have us on something. I mean,
0: we, we might guest places, but I don't think I don't know if like another podcast incredibly similar to this is in the
1: Yeah. In the I, works. I did once have an idea for one where instead we just read like really good runs and talked about them. But that's like even more homework. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, no, like, I already felt like I was like poking you all the time to go, mm-hmm. Hey, can you read three issues? Hey, can yeah. you read three issues? Uh,
0: I feel like right now my criticism itch or critique itch has thoroughly been scratched and I'm looking for something more creative.
1: Uh, cri- criticism is is creative. Uh, <laughs> you want some wholesale creativity. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't? I mean, I want a different kind of work. I want a different part of my brain to be, you know, stretched.
1: Sounds good. At Big Red 13 asks, do you believe that Final Crisis really should have been the last crisis event from DC? Like, after that, no more multiversal shenanigans for their big events. They have to figure out some kind of entirely new paradigm and naming convention. Bonus question. What should said paradigm Paradigm
0: and naming convention be?
1: Oh.
0: Okay. So, I... I don't know. I feel like
1: I don't think there should have been any more. The ones after have been bad, and they haven't accomplished anything.
0: But I, it's comics. You can't close a chapter of anything.
1: True, but the the word crisis had like a specific meaning, and it was like it's always like the like well something's happening, and it's multiversal again. It's 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 the the anti monitor, or it's you know it's 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 always something big.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm I'm still in camp. You can't close a door on anything in comics like somebody's going to want to bring it up and just because people have done it badly doesn't mean that at some point in the future <laughs> someone might well. do it better do it better like you know there's it's there's just ups and downs but if there were a new paradigm and naming convention instead of crisis
1: uh, it would be panel discussions and the naming convention would be PD in the year
0: panel discussions
1: <laughs> yeah the the, the the villains and the heroes are gonna solve their differences peaceably in a nice little discussion.
0: Oh uh, But it has
1: to be broadcast.
0: When you said panel discussion, I thought about like Talking about comic panels. Panel. That's yes. fair. That's fair. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um let's see. I you know, what sort of big Problem would superheroes take on that still feels comic booky that doesn't have to do with the multiverse.
1: Well, first of all, Christy, they are going to hopefully destroy bigotry in the DC <laughs> universe forever.
0: <laughs> Here we go. The naming convention is Pride, and every time they're defeating bigotry forever.
1: They're like, you know how you defeated bigotry forever? Bigotry is back. <laughs>
0: You know what we're going to have to do to stop it? Run faster than we ever have before.
1: (laughs) At light speed, (laughs) bigotry can't catch up with you. (laughs) Flash facts. At Asimov underscore fangirl says, howdy, if you could recreate the universe with the power of song, which one would you sing?
0: Oh, so like Superman's like song. So what would be, I mean... I'm feeling that good vibration. Like that <laughs> that sounded pretty cool to me.
1: I'm trying to think of what's like a good. It would it would be something by Something like upbeat. Mhm. Uh it would be Def Leppard's Pour Some Sugar On Me. Uh, I just think it would be a great song to restart the
0: universe. In the name of love.
1: Okay. That's a good one too.
0: No, I pours some sugar <laughs>
1: oh. on me
0: in the name of. <laughs> I
1: thought you were, I- uh, I was suddenly at the end, the His elephant. Name, yeah.
0: Sure.
1: <laughs> Which East Coast dish are you more excited to try after moving? That's true. We will be moving to the East Coast.
0: Uh huh. I. We've already tried a I w- lot of. I want things. that
1: seasoning from Maryland that everybody talks about. Old Bay.
0: That's what you want.
1: Well, we've had pork roll.
0: Yeah, and, and we've, had, we've had we've had New York pizza. Yeah, yeah, that's all good. I I want to have more seafood dishes. Now that we're on a coast. You
1: know what you tend to put old bay on? Lots of seafood dishes. <gasps> we okay. get, we get crab.
0: Okay, Yeah.
1: Seafood dishes do sound I don't sound think I've
0: good.
1: ever had crab. Uh we had that soft shell crab in the gulf. Remember? And we bit into it and it was crunchy oh, because yeah, it was, was fried. Yeah,
0: that was weird.
1: Yeah, I don't think I don't think all crab is like that. You've probably you had crab in sushi, but
0: Oh yeah. Well, I mean it, crab.
1: Some California rolls use the real thing. Okay. Okay. Mm. Um I'm also excited to try more Portuguese um
0: food yeah, there are so many cuisines
1: yeah just like like where we're from in Missouri we do live in a city so like as far as like the state is concerned we we do have like the
0: we have the more, most varied cuisine yeah here. we have more food options than most of the state right where but we're at even
1: then like uh, just the the amount more that we could get I remember going to Washington dc like I was it, you know you'd get like something so specific to me like peruvian food and i'd be like i've i've never had food that i could identify as peruvian food right like, i was oh i don't I, I was just excited about walking around
0: we love trying new things we
1: love as yeah like trying new food is like one of our favorite things we mm-hmm. love we we love it so mm-hmm.
0: every once in a while i have regrets i think i had some regrets about the is it sea sea urchin squid what did we have at the korean place the it was something from the sea.
1: Oh, like maybe that's right. And you, you ended up not liking it.
0: Yeah. I liked, I mean, pork belly is always great. But
1: like. Yeah. And you, you, you really love the fermented vegetables. Oh right? yeah. You're a big fan.
0: Yeah. So, but like, you, you just got to try stuff. Yeah.
1: Stuff. You're not going to know which ones you like until you try it. Mm-hmm. But no, we were so excited to try more things on the East Coast.
0: All right. And then the last question, if someone did a comic book called Chris's on infinite earths who would you like to be in the creative team
1: um so i have to have laraz on pencils okay and i would love gracia on inks
0: okay
1: and ariana maher is 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 my favorite um letterer right now okay hmm. would we be written by like al ewing would we be like, so, cause uh, Al loves continuity and we do have a lot of weird Chris's continuity that would be fun to bring up. I
0: like that logic for that. I yeah. feel like you've picked a, a pretty good team.
1: <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> now I want to see like LaRaj drawing a bunch of different alternate Chris's.
0: <laughs> oh, that'd be so cool. So that's a, that's a dream. <laughs> it's a $2,000 commission. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Asimov fangirl also had a final message. And before I read it, I just wanted to note, if you don't follow us on Twitter, we shared out um, some fabulous art that Asimov fangirl commissioned for us uh, for our final episode of Chris and I each holding our favorite Pokemon, which is Bulbasaur.
1: We both love Bulbasaur. We both
0: do both love Bulbasaur. But Asma Fangirl says, just to finalize, thank you for the podcast and all the work and time you put in it. It was a great way to improve my mood in the day while listening in the car or in my office. I desire success in all your professional and personal projects. Love you, Chris's. That's so sweet. That's really sweet. I feel like Asma Fangirl has been here from the from the
1: yeah from the start from
0: the start yeah. The friends we made along the way
1: at Chris L Glennon asks, wow, I can't believe it's here already. Great work guys. Are you going to do a best slash worst of the entire show? My question would be simply this. What made Chris's on infinite earths? Awesome. Best and worst.
0: We're not battle of the atom. We don't rank things. We don't
1: rank things. I don't, I don't even know. We don't rank
0: things here. (laughs) Uh, but what made Chris's on infinite earths? Awesome. um, in terms of you guys for listeners, I'm really, you know, not, not sure what everybody finds in it. Yeah. Um, I've had lots of people tell us that we are just, we're just pleasant to listen to, mm-hmm. uh, which I think, you know, is pretty high praise. We're, we're a married couple and this is us just, just talking. This is our, you know, natural rapport, except I uh, am not distracted by children we- or chores or other things.
1: We probably do put on a bit of a podcast persona, but when people are like, oh, I'm a completely different person on my podcast.
0: No. I, I, that's hard for me. We're pretty genuine people.
1: Yeah. Like, it, we're, you know, we, we are a little sillier, like, in that we, we, you know, we I feel like on the podcast we, we jump at the jokes a little bit more.
0: Well, yeah, it's a, it's a performance. Yeah. I mean, it's a genuine conversation, but we're not just making jokes for each other. True. Mm-hmm. But- I, I I enjoy the way we improv together. Yeah, it's fine. I, I enjoy our bits. Um and I think I think that's probably what made our podcast appealing. I don't know that necessarily we have we have talked about like the comics that everybody wants to hear about. Um, right, or
1: like, you know, like we we've definitely not been like the deepest
0: <laughs> Right, but not the deepest dives or we're not We're not, you know, like thorough analysts. We're a married couple in our closet talking about comics.
1: It's true.
0: I mean, it's pretty, pretty plain and simple. Yeah. And by the end of the podcast, we were out of the closet. Oh, jeez.
1: Rachel at Marialda asks, I have loved your podcast. I only found it recently, but it has made my days better when listening. I wish you all the best in the future. My question is what has been the biggest slash best thing you have learned making the podcast?
0: Um. So, I mean, I feel like the things that we've learned can fall into some different categories, like the categories of like the craft of making a podcast, the category of learning more about comics, the category of learning more about each other. Um, um,
1: it, it taught me how to, and I, you know, I, re- I know my dialogue is cheesy, mm-hmm. but for my entire life, I was worried about writing dialogue, but for some reason, like it didn't, it didn't come quite so hard for me. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that that's one nice thing I've, I've learned. We've learned to work like very well as a team. Mm-hmm. I don't Did I learn anything about comics? I don't know. I mean, individual little I mean, things.
0: I learned a ton about comics. I learned a lot about, you know, history of comics, comics, characters. I learned a lot about creators and I those are things that like I have to I don't want to say force myself to learn, but it has to be a, like a concerted effort. Yeah. Those are things I don't just absorb, which kind of ties into like the biggest, best thing that I have learned making a podcast um, is being able to talk and have a verbal conversation one on one with someone about a thing which sounds like a really kind of a basic idea but people especially people who've just met me or known me for a shorter period of time a lot of their first impressions of me is i'm a generally a very quiet person i mostly listen in conversations chime in every now and again with a joke like if you ever hear me as a guest on a podcast with multiple other people that's probably what i'm doing uh having a sustained conversation about any kind of work or creative endeavor isn't something that is just like a natural thing that I slide into mm-hmm. for me personally. So this has been like practice, like class, like um uh just developing like confidence in how to talk about a thing that I liked and I wanted to be part of a community for it. But there's a lot of, social deficits that i had to to work to overcome to be able to do that and so i feel like that was this for me
1: goodness (laughs) i was like well i didn't learn anything about comics you're like i learned so much about myself (laughs) (laughs) um at big red had another question at big red 13 okay you have the chance to do a big giant crossover event with characters from other mediums like TV, novels, movies, video games, etc. Who are you going with, and what is the big gimmick slash plot hook? Mine is uh, I would take a bunch of investigators, like like your your Sherlock Holmeses from like all sorts of different properties, mm. and they would they would solve like the ultimate caper.
0: Oh, that's fun! Mm-hmm. Just a big mystery
1: that was kind of done in uh there was a batman comic where all of the different detectives that were had ever been in detective comics Mm -hmm. got like a crossover and the final thing is like they meet sherlock holmes for who is like 120 but is still alive for some reason (laughs) so i kind of stole it a little but i just i just think about how like a mystery is is such like a such like a universal story Mm. and just like Oh, uh, a, a, something, a plot where we just want to figure something out. I feel like that would make a fun kind of crossover. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, okay. So I was looking at the phrasing of the question because it just says crossover event and, you know, assumedly that would mean comics, but we have every so often talked about a movie or uh, a show as like a, a special that we do. So I was trying to envision what sort of crossover it would be because it would be different if it was a comic book versus an audiovisual medium. So I guess we'll just go with on paper. And I really, <laughs> I kind of want to see a comic with all of like my favorite Saturday morning cartoon characters, like Doug, Daria. Um, you watch
1: Daria in the
0: morning? <laughs> Wasn't that an MTV? Am I misremembering it? Maybe I am. No. Okay. No. Uh no. I'm thinking of um oh Pepperan. <laughs> yeah, Pepperan. Pepperan
1: Daria basically the same thing. I don't
0: know. They were both much too cool for me.
1: <laughs> well, and Pepperan was also much too cool for seventh grade. I
0: <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, so like Doug Pepperan. Uh, the kids from recess, mm-hmm. they would get up to some hijinks together.
1: Yeah, because you watch a lot of ABC, I think. Yeah, yeah. They,
0: one, one one Saturday, Saturday morning. morning, once a week.
1: Man, I miss Saturday morning cartoons. <sighs>
0: yeah,
1: like like I miss it because like it is you know like our kids don't necessarily watch cartoons in the morning. They right. often they watch something, but it's not always right. Cartoons. Right, like
0: it's not a. Man, like you had to be up and...
1: You You had your cereal. You were ready to go.
0: Right? (sighs) So give me that nostalgia in a comic book.
1: Sounds good. At Cheltenham 98 says, congrats on completing the podcast. Having now read just about all the biggest crossovers and events, what do you guys think is the key to handling the scale of events to make them feel both personal, but also bombastic and exciting to make both elements feel like they matter?
0: Uh, I like that... um, this question brings up like the 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 personal and the bombastic and the exact you know in both of those in equal measures because I feel like that is really what can make an event stand out um, and feel unique is like the the personal stakes of the characters involved because you know, if it the stakes of each of those events is, well, the world's going to end and everybody's going to die. What makes it interesting and unique? is how the characters handle it and yeah um those sorts of things. So I, I feel like the stakes are always big and that's fine.
1: Yeah, I think that you have to give as many characters as possible without detracting from your narrative, kind of like a like a like a cool character moment. And not literally every character, but I think you need to do it with as many as you can. Mm-hmm. Like why I like Final Crisis is I remember like the bit with Ollie saying he's going to use the anti-anti-life arrow and the, um, the bits with talky tawny and like, like those are like a lot of the things I remember. And they're just like little moments that kind of punch home what a character means. And, you know, if you can, if you can like write some really tight, good dialogue, that's like cool for them to to deliver. I think that's, I think that's how you do it. I I don't know if you can really make a crossover especially like a big line-wide crossover super personal for one character and it still feel big.
0: I mean, didn't we I mean, it was pretty personal for Thor in Siege?
1: The it- so, Siege and uh um yeah, I guess and but then like what what's the difference between a big event crossover and a storyline that features a lot of people. I guess it's a.
0: Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't know if you're trying to bring the line together to combat one problem, the problem has to have stakes to the whole line. Yes. And to have stakes to the whole line, it has to be the world ending. So.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to be honest. I often, I mean, these are often like the worst stories because it is very difficult to juggle that many characters.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: that, and it is not often done well,
0: right? But yet they still making them, they still make them, so they must sell well enough. They
1: sell very well because people wanna, they wanna, they wanna be in the know,
0: right? And right. that's like
1: the most important stuff that happens, right? Because comic people can never read everything. I mm-hmm. mean, obviously some people can, but generally that's like
0: we know like one person who's done that. Yeah.
1: So, but like when something really big happens, a lot of people feel like, oh, well, I'm not gonna, like. Like Either I'm not going to understand the things I like if I don't read this,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or the better one, which is um, I want to understand the things that are happening for everyone, So this and this is the easiest way I can get it. Mm-hmm. Question from at Robert Secundus, what was your favorite new read during the course of the podcast? What was your favorite bit? And what are you proudest of looking back at the podcast overall as a now complete work?
0: So new reads, this has to be something that you read yeah. new for the podcast.
1: Final night, the DC crossover where the 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 sun's going out,
0: okay. or the Sun
1: Eater is coming, or whatever.
0: Yeah, I I think I really liked what was that? Um, it was DC and something.
1: You liked um the one that was the like DC slash Young Animal. Yeah, where like the it was like the the Doom Patrol and the the weirdos like that. Is that yes, what I'm thinking of? Yes. Or am I thinking DC? That was Milk Wars. Or am I thinking the one that's the one the 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 ones who are like trapped on the farm?
0: Yeah, trapped on the farm. That one.
1: Okay, that is Justice League Black Hammer.
0: Yeah, I don't know why that came into my head just now. No, I, I remember re-
1: you really liked it. You were I like, know. you're like the art's tight. It's a story that makes sense and is tight. Like and right. everybody gets like you were. You were yeah, like, I, I think feel there like was a,
0: a consistent art team throughout the whole thing. There was, and I
1: think you felt like you really got to know the Black Hammer characters.
0: Right. It yeah. had the character stuff that I wanted. Yeah. 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 Sh- I Yeah, I just did not think that I had a favorite going into that question and then that popped into my head and I was like, "No, that was good. I, was- I liked that."
1: You did like that. Maybe you could read other black Hammer. It's not that long.
0: Yeah, yeah. maybe.
1: What was our my what was your favorite bit?
0: Mm. Um... No,
1: it doesn't We've have to be had- one of my one of my opening bits or anything right i liked nosy neighbor dr doom a lot mm-hmm. uh, i always felt like i was having fun with that one
0: i love that readers stuck around the whole time <laughs> right. after like the mistake on like the first or second episode and we were just like nope people who listen to chris's are readers, readers yeah because we, we had not
1: said listeners so mm-hmm. just call them readers and then, what are you proudest of? Um, I'm proudest that 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 uh, two people with like with kids and like kid and, like managed to make a podcast together for this long, right? Um, and and have it like even though it's biweekly, like right, decently consistently,
0: right? We had a kid during this time,
1: yeah, and took like a little break, mm-hmm. but otherwise, and you know, a lot of times when people are like we're taking a little break, they don't come back. That's it. Because I think that's that was when we started really like like we gotta like we gotta hit this scheduling,
0: right? Because yeah. when we first started, it was like, well, I don't want it this week or yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we committed, yeah, we recommitted harder. We renewed our podcasting vows, <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but I'm I'm proud about that. I don't know anybody else. I don't know anybody else who does that. I know people who, who have kids.
0: And podcast podcast
1: with with other other people, people. but not like I'm the only married or you and me are the only married couple I know. I think I've heard on a podcast together with kids that wasn't like a McElroy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Parents podcasting together. Boom. I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's there is other genres of podcasts that have that. Yeah. Just not as cool as that.
1: Not in comics as far as I know. I haven't encountered any. There's I know there's some there's some there's some husband-wife podcasts, so there's maybe some. Yeah. We lo- we,
0: we love comic couples counseling. Yeah.
1: yeah. They don't have kids though. Right. 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 Mr. Ross Holmes, what was your favorite bonkers concept introduced in Final Crisis? There's a lot to choose from. Um, I love the Omega Sanction, which I'm going to explain to Christy during accolades.
0: I'm so excited. <laughs> To learn this last bit. Wow. <laughs> um, my favorite favorite bonkers concept.
1: In Final Crisis.
0: In Final Crisis. This has got to be unique to Final Crisis. Well, this isn't unique to Final Crisis, but it's where I first read The Tattoo Man, and I just thought his powers were really cool. But that I don't know cool. that that's necessarily a concept. But
1: I mean, it is. A power is a concept. Yeah, the
0: concept of the, the tattoos coming mm-hmm. to life, and that he could just, like, make tattoos appear on himself too that's very cool i'm like that's a really cool power i love this character yeah all right and at arthur stacy asks what were each of your favorite alternate versions of yourselves uh, that we created for the cold opens and why were they our faves
1: um i really liked the older gruff chris Mm -hmm. that was fun i think i called him like grim and gritty future chris
0: i i liked uh Comics Editor-in-Chief, Christy.
1: Oh, that was fun. You got to do like
0: a... I got to do my newsroom voice.
1: <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> um, at Daniel P. Grote asks, what's the number one thing you learned doing this podcast? I feel like we've kind of like skirted that topic a little bit. Yeah. because yeah. You talked about learning a lot about comics and about yourself.
0: I think in doing this podcast, I learned... In terms of comics, I learned more about what I liked and what I was drawn to and why. Um, Yeah,
1: like you gained gained a little bit more of like an understanding of of your opinions and kind of like the vocabulary to describe it a little bit.
0: Right, right. Like where I could tell you before, yes, I like this and no, I don't like this. I, you know, it's like... You know, somebody who can look at a piece of art and say, "Yes, I like this," and "No, I don't," but not be able to explain to you why they like one or over the other. Yeah. So
1: I think that's true.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, at Chris E Seventeen <laughs> Christian S says, "What moment in your life do you think would have been most enhanced with a musical number?" We had a musical number at our wedding, so I don't even know if I could say that. <laughs>
0: um. I mean, yeah, we 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 had a fun little. Scripted dance thing.
1: Maybe our last vacation, where it was like hot and it was it was still COVIDy, so we weren't we couldn't take the kids to a lot of places. So we ended up just going to the beach over and over again.
0: I mean, those are the best kind of vacations. Just not having to do much, just hanging out in beautiful nature.
1: Yeah, I was worried that we made that that we were just boring them all the time.
0: Are you serious? They loved going to the beach. They did
1: love the beach. They did love the beach a lot. Mm-hmm. That's. That's good now that I'm thinking about it that way. I just felt bad cuz like remember we passed like a like a theme park and Delta was starting and I was like we're not going to go to a theme park. Right, right. So I felt I felt like a bit of a bad dad with that sort of stuff. Oh,
0: what a bad dad keeping his kids safe.
1: <laughs> but I I feel like uh there is there's moments on vacation like that there were some real ups and downs, you dropping your phone into the like one like deep puddle of water that was like within like 50 feet
0: (laughs) um i feel like i needed like a an annie style musical number coming into to new motherhood
1: it's a hard knock life yeah that like
0: mixed with little girls (laughs) (laughs) but just like you know wasn't little girls but yeah Mm mm-hmm
1: at Connor Reed's X Men uh, says, "Congrats! The pod has brought a lot of us a whole lot of joy, and I'm glad to have had some really lovely, funny folks to spend my commutes with." Across the whole show, what have been your biggest takeaways about crossovers as their own type of story, and what makes them work or not? We kind of answered that above, which is the the it's got a it's got to be the 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 balance of big stakes and um,
0: personal moments. personal
1: moments. I think. Also, and this is more about how they slot into things as you're reading them, I think they need to feel like an organic completion or an organic part of a storyline as opposed to, like, stories being, like, completely halted. sidelined or yeah. halted for it. I mm-hmm. think I like those a lot, Um which, to be honest, that a lot of that is is just smoke and mirrors in that, mm-hmm. like, of course – probably a lot of these writers didn't get as much time to prepare for the crossover. Right. right. Uh, and like, but they, they can often like, if if they're real good at it, they can almost like touch.
0: Yeah. The crossover yeah. in just a little bit of a way. I mean, there's a type of event that you can prefer when you are just reading the event, but there's also a type of event that when you're reading a run of something and then you get the tie in issues in the middle of your run, like that really stinks from that perspective. Um, So like, just in terms of storyline, are you stopping other storylines? Is it, you know, totally diverting what's happening in other books? Mm. Um, And kind of the ripples of that. So for crossover to work, not only does the story have to be good, but the ripples have to be good on what they do for the other books. So Mm. it's even more to challenge and juggle. So it's one thing to look at the stories from their own um perspective but it's a whole nother to look at the impact that they have on every other story
1: yeah uh and then finally from uh grass toucher we're not going to say his at <laughs> uh how am i going to be able to go on without you and play comics cast says i second this question
0: i would like to note that we are not going anywhere we'll still
1: be alive we're
0: still still gonna be alive and you know for the foreseeable future we may you know figure out how to better archive our episodes but these episodes will be here for you you know if you've made it through all like 114 of them my goodness you know kudos to you i bet if you went back and listened again you wouldn't really remember the beginning so we're with you for as long as you want to listen to us
1: yeah you know all right. Are you ready to get into accolades?
0: Yeah, accolades. All
1: right, Christy, what's the best line in this one?
0: My best line comes from a talky Tony when he's asked, who are you or what are you? And he says, my friends, my friends, sir, call me talky my name in my tongue translates to as tawny but don't don't let my cultured tones deceive you tawny bites
1: it's real good <laughs> I remember tawny bites for such a long time
0: don't let my cultured tones deceive you tawny bites
1: so my best line uh comes from dark side it's like dark side slash Batman okay which is you know that's a little bit of a Little bit of I'm cheating a little bit. Mm-hmm. Darkseid says, Little man, can you outrace the Omega Sanction, the death that is life? And Batman says, try me.
0: <laughs>
1: so to to explain the Omega Sanction, when you are hit with it, you go you repeatedly live more and more depressing lives over and over and over again until mm-hmm. you die. And um, in some cases, in Shiloh Norman's case, it seems to maybe be, like, in his head. Okay. But in Batman's case, it is he is literally sent back in time. And so there is a mini series called The Return of Bruce Wayne, and it's him in different time periods leading to the present. Mm-hmm. But in the present, they have to, like, solve this because when he hits the present, something bad happens. Okay. But that's the Omega Sanction. It's the death of his life.
0: I want you to know what just happened to my brain while you explained that it was like wow this sounds really complicated man this is our last podcast episode wow it's been a long time I wonder how long it's going to take me to edit this episode oh oh wait Chris is still talking (laughs) thanks (laughs) I'm so sorry don't worry I'll hear it again when I edit it by the end of this I'll have it I'll know what the omega sanction is I heard you gotta live over and over again it gets really bad and you know you don't want to get to the present because you die that's true uh huh
1: the coolest moment christy what's your coolest moment <sighs> skipping greatest hero okay what's your greatest hero christy
0: uh my greatest hero was nix uotan because i feel like he had the least to gain and the most to lose and just was like yeah let's not exist anymore
1: yeah that's 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 actually a really good point i just thought batman because of the yeah it was really cool it was yeah it was really cool <laughs>
0: Which is why I gave it my coolest moment, Batman using a gun. Oh,
1: very cool. <laughs> my coolest moment was Superman's arrival. It's like several panels of like a laser flying across the, the screen as he zooms by. It's very cool.
0: That was cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Silly Villainy, the Crusher Creel Award for Silly Villainy it has to go to the lump for just existing, the, like the, the concept, concept of the lump.
1: I did Simeon and Makari having a freak out. They remind me of Saruman at the end of Two Towers when he's just kind of sitting in oh, the tower yeah. and just looking at stuff, but he can't really do
0: anything. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. That's pretty good. Um but the the key of C accolade, the moment that would be enhanced by a musical number.
1: I picked Superman's song. The counter vibrations. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. No, that's really good. I wanted a ridiculous musical number about how the flashes have to run faster than they ever have before.
1: That would be fun.
0: <laughs> Just totally cheesy Disney Fiat. Faster than we ever <laughs> be before. so good. <laughs> what ship? Uh, would you go down with romantic or platonic
1: Nick's uotan and ouija dell
0: okay yes yeah i'd given the, that to them i think in a previous episode mm-hmm. but the ship i would go down with um was lex and superman have this moment they, and i'm like
1: you. where he's like like
0: uh, he, he says not a single word superman will call this an historic first team up of the forces of good and the forces of bad, and I'll take the credit for a win. And Superman says, Whatever you say, Lex, whatever you say. Delightful. I ship it. What's the goodest hit? Uh talky tawny disemboweling um what whatever his name is
1: uh Calabac.
0: Calabac, yeah.
1: Um uh, mine was the Green Lantern core turning green light into a stake.
0: Oh yeah, that was pretty cool.
1: Spearing Mandrak Part Two, Mandrak Two <laughs> the
0: the squeakle.
1: This is the Mandrak, the squeakle. That would be the name of this if we didn't already do Final Cresses.
0: <laughs> oh, we made it through. We, we made did. it through all the things. We did the summary. We did the the talking. We did the, we did the cold open. We did accolades, and we did then we questions. did it like a hundred and fourteen more times. <laughs> Now, some of those episodes where your
1: Oh, my little ones. Your yeah. little
0: little mini ones where you're like, we're not ending this even though we're on maternity leave. I'm doing this thing. Yeah. I was like, well, I'm not editing it.
1: That's true. And then you're I'm like, I'm having trouble with this. And you're like, I'm editing
0: it. <laughs>
1: you are very sweet. I love you. I love you too. All right. Well, readers, uh, if you still want to, for whatever reason, follow us. We're on Twitter and Facebook at Chris's Pod.
0: And you can send us any long-form messages at chris's on Infinite earths at gmail.com.
1: Well, we'll I, I, I don't see the point of getting rid of the Kofi because, uh for, you know, that's... We can that use it to send
0: other people money, too.
1: True. And that's that's voluntary to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. But I feel good. like if I'm not doing rewards, we might keep the, the Patreon up for like a little bit longer, but...
0: Yeah, if you still want to do anything patreon related do that on over at comics xf's patreon
1: yeah because that's that's where we'll be yeah but I'll, I'll try to cancel it fairly decently soon obviously do not feel like you have to still support us
0: yeah when we have new stuff for you you know we'll still we'll still be there if you want to find us again
1: yeah but i mean that's it we don't have an, we don't have another one
0: mm-hmm. no next time
1: no next time it's fun doing this with you
0: it's fun doing it with you I love all the good things you've brought to our life.
1: Yeah, a lot. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, until next time, readers.
1: Slay your enemies, and all you desire shall be yours.